The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by the Pure Hookup app. Pure Hookup lets awesome people have casual sex tonight. Download the Pure Hookup app on Google Play or the App Store. Pure, the hookup app that says it's a hookup app. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. To all my beautiful burners on the playa, I salute you. Just please put on some sunscreen, okay? Be safe out there. This is Billy Persida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Look, I'm just saying, don't be a Billy and burn your tushy, okay? Just be very liberal with the sunscreen, okay? What's up, everyone? How you doing? Welcome to the show. Uh, If you're new to my program, this is a podcast where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. Uh, However, my guest this week is not one of my former flames. No, no, no. Although we, we did once share what she'll call an energy. Yeah. She'll tell you more about it later. I've got on my friend and fellow comedian, Liz Glazer, and I can't wait to share her with y'all in a bit. But first, show dates, people, show dates. All right. In the immediate future, all I've got is uh, this Sunday, November 3rd, uh, I'm doing a roast battle as part of Comedy Fight Club. That is at Lucky Jack's down on the Lower East Side at 10 p.m. In the more distant future, I got a lot of other shows coming up. Uh, There's shows here in New York City, as well as upstate New York, Ohio, and places. So head on over to manwhorepod.com slash comedy if you want to take a peek at where I might be. Uh, Don't mind all the beeps, by the way. I'm in the middle of a fantasy football draft. Uh, Of course, today, if you listen to this in time, August 30th uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, I'm doing another Fan Whore Facebook Live Hangout. Would love to see some more of you fan whores coming on over to the Facebook fan page and having a little chit chat for an hour. Really cool way to to get to know you all uh, more personally on individual levels. And also a great way for y'all to get to know each other. And if you happen to miss the hangout, you can always watch the video replay over the course of the month. It'll, It'll be up on the fan page and available. However, the most important dates you need to know about are, of course, October 7th and 8th, because that's Manhorcon, everybody. Oh, yeah. Manhorcon is fast approaching. And wow, I'm just I'm so excited, a little bit nervous, but mostly excited uh, to, to finally meet some of y'all in person. We're going to have a really great time putting together some awesome events. Manhorcon, if uh, this is the first you're learning of it, is a weekend of listener meetups and hangouts over Columbus Day weekend, culminating in a man whore podcast live show and exclusive after party. So super stoked about it. Got some great things lined up and I've been announcing, of course, new news, new events, new updates every week. Uh, the sexy swag bags, by the way, are fat are filling up fast. Yes. All attendees will be getting a, a fun bag of goodies from me, friends of the pod and sponsors of man whore con. But I'd like to announce another event as part of the, the weekend's itinerary. Uh, of course, we, you know, we're doing the trip to the Museum of Sex, the live show, the after party, the fan whore bar crawl. And now I'm also announcing we are going to do a sexy scavenger hunt in one of New York City's fine public parks. I can't tell y'all uh, which park because that's secret information. That's only if you got a ticket. All right. So if you know, no cheapskates allowed, if you want to show up 
and play with us, you're going to have to go on over and get yourself access at manwhorepod.com slash tickets. And ticket prices are going to go up this Friday to the full price. So if you still want to enjoy early bird prices, go on over and get your tickets now. Again, that's manwhorepod.com slash tickets. But what's up with me? You know, uh, Saturday, I celebrated 10 years in New York City. And I, I took the day to uh, to just kind of reflect. And I, well, I started the day by I went up on the roof and did some nude sunbathing. So any of y'all who follow me on Instagram probably saw that in my Instagram story or on Twitter. But uh, yeah, it, you know, I went up there, enjoyed the rays, had some drinks, just reflected on like, wow, I live in the greatest city in the world. And I just felt like stunned and grateful that I am able to, you know? And it's, I don't know, I just think about like when I was like 17 years old, I knew I was going to come to New York City for college. I was freaking out a little bit because like I barely knew how to talk to people or make friends. And now I'm going to go to, you know, I'm going to move to the city that literally gives no fucks about you. It was scary. And I, you know, I was sitting in this bar surrounded by history, drinking a McSorley's lager. And I, I, I just, I kept going back to this same quote. It's a, there's this passage in a book called Low Life. Uh, it's a, it's a book about New York City, uh, mostly kind of like the late 19th century, early 20th century, because that's like my favorite period. That's like my favorite era of New York. There's this passage like in the very, on like the first fucking page of the book. And it's just such a beautiful way to describe New York City. And I wanted to share that with you. And some of y'all, this is boring. It has nothing to do with sex stuff. Um, however, if you well, actually, I can make it about sex stuff because there is a part of the book that says the same thing that I love. Here's what I love about New York. New York's such an old city and a modern city at the same time, you know, because like, for example, like our streets were planned out in like 1811 and they've just been that way, you know? So like, so there's something about like, especially when you're uh, towards the Southern parts of the island, the sun that you always feel a little connected to people hundreds of years ago. And there's this one sentiment that they say in the book, they say in our time, prostitutes walk where prostitutes walked a hundred years ago. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. I see a homeless man pissing on the corner of sixth Avenue and fourth street. And I'm like, there was probably a bum pissing on that same corner a hundred, 200 years ago. <laughs> like, I think that's really fucking cool. Anyways, this this author, Luke Santi, who wrote Low Life, there's this just beautiful way he describes New York. And I want to share that with y'all. Some of y'all might th- find it boring and you want to skip ahead. Fuck off. It's my podcast. I'm going to read what I want to read and you can scrub forward. Not to mention, by the way, uh, I hope you all know if you are part of my Patreon fan whore community, every Wednesday I email you the timestamp to skip the intro. So like if you want to easily skip the intro, just pledge $1 per month and you'll know exactly at what point you can skip it. Anyways, to this passage, Uh, he writes, the firmament that is New York is greater than the sum of its constituent parts. It is a city... And it is also a creature, a mentality, a disease, a threat, an electromagnet, a cheap stage set, an accident corridor. It is an implausible character, a monstrous vortex of contradictions, an attraction-repulsion mechanism so extreme 
no one could have made it up. New York, which has been called the capital of the 20th century, as Paris was that of the 19th, would seem on the face of it to be founded on progress, on change, on the bulldozing of what has faded to make way for the next thing, the thing after that, the future. The lure of the new is built right into its name. It is the part of the name that actually registers since the York, a commemoration of a colonial lineage, carries no resonance and exists only as a vestige. New York is incarnated by Manhattan. The other boroughs, notable, useful, and significant though they may be, are merely adjuncts, which is like, whoa, talk about throwing shade at Queens. (laughs) And Manhattan is a finite space that cannot be expanded, but only continually resurfaced and reconfigured. And then I want to skip ahead to the other part at the end of this section is he says, this book is thus an expression of love and hate as is appropriate for a work about New York where loneliness is a threat and a shield, where poverty forces an imaginative response from those caught in it so that it can seem more alluring than bland security, where the most colorful elements are often the most poisonous, where ecstasy is purchased at the cost of death, where the navel of the world and the frontier of civilization lie a few blocks apart. The city was like this a century ago, and it remains so in the present. And I just, I read that and I'm just like, wow, I'm, I'm a part of something bigger in this place. So I just, I fucking love this place and I'm, I love that I get to live here. And I hope that all of you, whether it's during Manhorcon or another point in time in your life, I hope you all get the opportunity to experience this city because I, I look up at a tall building or I look at, I just look at an old building and I think, yeah, man, this is pretty fucking cool. Uh, and if you're interested in any of that cool old shit, uh, check out the book low life by Luke Santi. And, uh, and, and now let's get back to sexier things, right? That's why you're here. Who gives a fuck about my, my decade of living in this place? Uh, (laughs) Um, before we get to my guest this week, Liz Glazer, I want to give you a little teaser, just, just a short teaser, a little, little something, something of tomorrow's Patreon bonus episode that is coming out is part of my Craigslist Chronicles. I tell a story about a gangbang I attended in a Fairfield Marriott somewhere in Brooklyn many, many years ago. This episode will be available to all of my patrons, whether you're pledging a dollar a month or 50 Everybody gets access to it uh, tomorrow. So, so let me give you all a little, little clip. Um, and it's it's strange walking into a hotel you're not staying in. It's kind of like you know sleeping on a couch at a stranger's house. At any moment, you think you're gonna be asked to leave, and they'd be a hundred percent justified in doing so. Just like I'm trying to find the you know which hallway to go to to find the room. I felt like someone was, was going to tap me at any moment as I wandered the halls and say, excuse me, sir, can I, can I help you find something? Uh, yeah, there's a gangbang in 3B I need to get to. Oh, I have to leave now? Okay. If you'd like to hear the full story, as well as a bunch of other stories that come out every month on the Patreon bonus episode feed, head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. You get access to that episode with just one dollar. 
I mean, and that $1 gives you access to that bonus episode as well as the other Craigslist Chronicles that you've heard about on this show. And if you'd uh, be interested in receiving dozens more bonus episodes, you can uh, pledge 5 or $10 or more per month. But all it takes is that first dollar to get hooked on some extra Man Whore Podcast in your life. So again, patreon.com slash Man Podcast. I did get a note, somebody who was uh, messaging me on Instagram she was very skeptical on if it was really me. She shared a concern and she's like, oh, is this the intern? I'm, uh, you keep talking about this intern. I'm, I'm worried that this is going to be the intern seeing this and not you. How do I know it's you? Well, I'm telling you right now on the show, uh, it's, it's me. The Instagram messages, that's all me. I answer all of my own correspondence. So never feel like you, uh, you're like talking to the intern or somebody else, you know, it all goes straight to me. Don't you fret. And now for this week's guest, Liz Glazer. Uh, Liz Glazer is a comedian friend of mine who I met a couple years ago through the uh, the Keith and the Girl crew. We met at, uh, at a barbecue. Turned out we grew up in the town next to each other. I grew up in Norwood. She grew up in the town next to me. And, uh, and we bonded over our Jersey roots. There, before I go, I'm just going to let us go jump straight into the show. I do want to say, though, uh, she keeps talking about a TV show, and I want to be clear about this. There is no actual TV show yet. This is not when she's talking. She's talking about the TV show of her life, you know, like existentially. Like you ever walk around and you think you're living a movie or you just like to pretend you make believe in your head. That's kind of what we're talking about. OK, uh, so if if that ever at all seems confusing. I hope that uh, that helps. But, you know, I'm just going to... This is a little bit of an acid trip of an episode. You got to pay attention. If you drift off for like a minute, you're going to get lost, I feel like, when you come back. So might be best for when you're in a, a, mo- in a mood to zone in on it. All right? That's just my, my personal tip. You listen to this however the fuck you want to, okay? It's your life, baby. Uh, now let's get to me and Liz Glazer. Yeah, I am insecure, and I definitely need people's validation. But I am aware that I do, and I try to correct for that, I guess, by seeing what I think. Mm. So I'm just checking levelly things I yeah. pretend to understand. Can you just say some stuff? Yeah. Um, I mean, I really I hope that this is a good podcast. Yeah, I hope. Episode. Like, I always, I want things to be really good. Yeah. You know, I want to have the most connection with you. I want to be the most honest and, like, closest to myself version of me. Are we just doing a sound? Yeah, test? I mean, oh, I mean, we're, we're recording, so. Good. Yeah. I was If this is that. good, this will make it okay. in. Okay. I mean, I thought that was a good moment. Yeah. No, just I thought- saying. <laughs> See, that's the thing is, like, I, because I feel like I'm writing a television show in my head, a lot of times I feel like I judge the moment that just happened, and I'm like, oh, that was, like, good for script. <laughs> and then it's, like, query whether that is closer to or further away from the moment. Do you know what I mean? That's super meta. That yeah, might be, I know. That might have gone over I my know. head. I know. But that's the thing is that, like, that's, that's, I think, what I think about. I mean, when I saw, am I out? You're good, you're good. <laughs> I remember when I saw The Wonder Years for the first time, and I just was like, oh, yeah, like, this is how to be. 
where your kid self and your future self are connected in a moment, you know, and that the things that you can do in your present self are connected to that kid self and that future self. Does that make sense? A little bit. Like where there's an integration. I just feel like I should be stoned for this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So wait, so is the is this move to LA like like between season four and season five where you we're actually to change in things season up? Six. You're we're in, in season, season six? six. Oh, congratulations! Yeah. You're, Thank that's you. like syndication at this. Yeah, point, we're right? very excited that we got renewed for a sixth season. We're only going to nine because that's the the whole plan. That's your so vision. You've already that's mapped the vision. it out. Sorry, yeah. yeah, but that is also what's going to make season ten really um, expensive. <laughs> no, but probably nobody will care because the thing is that part of part of having this like insane vision is also recognizing that it's insane. You know, it's like, who are you, Liz Glazer, to have this idea? And so when people ask me, like, why are you moving to L.A.? I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I just think that that's like a good thing to happen in season six. And <laughs> of the story of Liz Glazer. My mom is coming on the road trip with me. Yeah. Amir Tashem, because it's Wednesday and Adorbs. future me. Yeah. Well, we're very close and she's she's great. You would love her. Um. Anyway, so it's me, Toby is my mom. Toby's um, mom. Yeah, Jack and Mona, who are the cats. And as played by Jack and Mona. Okay. Yeah, they they've been training actually for years. That's great. Yeah, Jack's actually been in a couple of web series episodes and many videos on my phone. And I heard you got Louie Anderson to play your mother, which I think was uh insane. That's Wait, awesome. Wait, who is this? Lou you don't know who Louie Anderson is? Who is that? Louis Anderson. No, oh, he's playing. Uh, he's playing Zach. Uh, he's playing. Um, he he got nominated for like an Emmy uh, for Baskets. Where he's, Wait, like, a playing man the- is playing my mom. Uh, well, he's playing a mom in this hit FX show called Baskets. Okay, that he got a lot of critical acclaim for. Okay. We didn't read the same Hollywood Reporter article. It's fine. I (laughs) am so bad at that. And so that's part of the thing is like, I don't know anything about that kind of stuff to know about in LA. And, you know, I mean, I went to law school for three years and that was in Chicago, a place I was not from. And I think it was like a good experience to go somewhere for law school that was like cold and intense and whatever. And I really got to know Mm. and love Chicago. But like to be an actor and to just be like, Hey, I think that like, I want to be on TV and I want to, I want to try and get there. Like, because I, I love that idea. Um, that moving to LA is not only like maybe a good plan, at least for three years, because if, if my vision is correct and I'm uncomfortable saying this too, but then my show chronicles my life from 2012 to 2021. And, okay? 2000, and then season nine, right. what, ha- what happens? Are you going to spoil it? Are we going to know? <sighs> I can't reveal the last episode, but I do know what happens in it. Uh-huh. Just don't, you know, small tip, don't fade straight to black in the middle of Don't Stop Believing. Doesn't go well. Oh, people yeah. Get ma- people get angry. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I would ever do that. Um. But I guess I did sing that song for a while because my acting teacher would play it. And it really did make me grow as a singer. It did? Yeah. It made me grow really as hard, a karaoke singer. Really? Yeah, yeah I know. Don't stop <laughs> Well, but the thing is that it's like just the right amount of, it's, 
don't know, like guttural soul, because I have a lot of like horsepower in my body, I think. And so sometimes when I sing, it seems like a person is exploding, I think. <laughs> but the the trick i don't know i just love the phrase you use that, that that i feel like that's a line you could give to a woman at a bar be like i got a lot of horsepower in my body why don't you come why don't you go, don't come think, give it a test drive oh my god <laughs> i think that someone would run away from me if i said that um but i think maybe that's like a difference you know yeah. um with how we would hit on people uh, well, the difference is I don't I don't hit on people because right. I'm terrified of women. Really? So, oh yeah. But you're always dating women. I'm terrified of women too. Yeah, but I get but with the, the women I'm with, they either uh, they approach me or it was like an online thing. Okay. But I don't I'm not I don't go to a bar and just like interrupt a woman's nice evening out with their friends. Yeah. Because my dick is interested, I'm just like right. that seems rude. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that she's I crafting wouldn't... a tweet. Why do I want to interrupt her creative process? Like, sure. why don't I just leave her alone and I'll jerk off later? Yeah, yeah, it must be difficult to have a penis. I would imagine <laughs> it is. Well, here's my theory on that because, like, I don't think I could handle it. I'm mm. gonna just be honest because if I had a part of my body that was so needy <laughs> in moments of sexual desire. Which I can, I, I think I can empathize with because uh -huh. I can feel that sort of our, our, our levels off. No, 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 we're fine. Okay, just cool. A peek. Cool. Yeah. But like, I don't think that I'd be able to handle it. I think that I would succumb because I almost do even without that body part or I almost have. You know what I mean? Like, been get, like, that deferent, like, uh, desperate. Clit. Yeah, or it's not really like analogous. It's like, uh -huh. it feels like an imaginary dick. Cause I, cause I can't imagine what it's like to to have a vagina. So I also don't have any idea. I don't know that I'm the good spokeswoman for You're that. You're not a good spokeswoman well, for it. Why it's not? It's not because I don't like. Okay, I don't care for penetration. Mm -hmm. Um, which isn't to say I I have had sex with men, principally one guy in college, and I really enjoyed having sex with him. Yeah, we should probably preface like uh yeah. Liz is a lesbian. Uh yeah. that's that will make that that make that sentence make more sense to them. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, so I liked having sex with my boyfriend in college um in the sense that it felt good, you know, and mm -hmm. I could understand that I wanted it to happen again because it felt good. Um and we were young, you know, so it was like we had sex, I would say a lot. Like, mm -hmm. a lot. Like, it would be, it would be like studying in college and I'd be like, hey, want to have sex? And like, then have sex again three hours later. Like, it was really fun. And that was cool, you know? Um, and then I discovered that I could act on my desire to have sex with women. And then what happened was I think I became like truly emotionally connected to the person who I was with because... I think that the only person who can like get me in a sexual situation because it's like it maps on to who I'm imagining in my head even when they're not there mm -hmm. is a woman who basically looks like the woman I'm dating now. I've dated women I think who've approached that in certain moments what, of my what's life. What's the look? 
Like if we were doing a breakdown that was like really shallow, it would be like, you know, about five, five brunette, straight or wavy hair, brown. Well, that's what brunette means. Um, eyes flexible, you know, angular face, um, in touch with some of her masculine energy, but also like truly effeminate, Mm -hmm. um, likes listening that's not really the type, but I think we added Likes that Likes listening. On. Does that go in the breakdown? Is that typically in there? I think so. Um, <laughs> I think we should put it in. Well, no, because the thing is that I think that it's taken me... I, I want... I want... Yeah. I'm just laughing because it starts as a breakdown, but starts slowly turning into like a want ad. Yeah. Just like a personals ad. Well, like, I mean, but I think that... Um, I think I might have found her. Yeah. And that feels uncomfortable, but also really safe because, you know, what I'm looking for is like, I don't know, something that has on a relatively daily basis, the energy of a Nancy Myers movie. Like I want to be like, you know, now I don't even, I, I think it's like those ones with Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton, but like, I don't know if father of the bride is one or not, but that kind of a vibe between, the parents Mm. where it's like, you know that they can have really intense sex, but also they can like get it together and go to work and plan their daughter's wedding and like do normal stuff too. Because the fantasies I have in my childhood self are like Sunday morning and listening to light FM that was playing on speakers that were hooked up in a Mm. living room And I was like in a trance because I was so safe feeling because my mom would be like, you know, making like a platter of locks or whatever in the kitchen. We lived in Fort Lee, New Jersey in an apartment. And like that was, I think, when the view from the dining room of the apartment was the pool. And I felt very safe, although I did have this like terrorism dream in the pool one night. Wait, what? Why? It it happened. It was like a really interesting moment in my childhood that I think this is the first time I've maybe ever talked about out loud. Breaking news. Watch out. Uh, Okay, here it's about to drop because that's what happened was a bomb dropped in the pool behind my parents' house in my dream. In your dream, yes. Yeah. It would be an expensive scene to shoot. Very (laughs) ambitious to put in a pilot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's but, not. But you know, you know, take Louis's yeah. example, you know, he he, he forced the helicopter in there. I know, it's a He's great like, story. we need it. And you're like, I need the bomb first yeah. episode. So. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not the craziest thing because I think that a lifetime then developed in which this kid because I was born in 1979. So like in my lifetime, I felt safe. And like everything that we that has happened, like nine eleven, whatever, that you'd be like, that's crazy. And then it happened. Mm-hmm. Like I remember because I was a huge Wonder Years fan, as I talked about before. Yeah. Maybe I don't know if it's edited out, but I don't think it should be. <laughs> and this is my ploy to get the other part in. I guess I don't know. Now I feel like I'm campaigning for something. I don't even know why. But anyway, so in the Wonder Years, it was like set in Vietnam era. And so there was like a really big political backstory to the plot of the show. Because like in the pilot, like Winnie's brother died in Vietnam. And that was like the tone setter in addition to like the romantic love story of like an 11 year old or whatever. um, That was about, you know, regular stuff like math class and pimples. But like it was set in this very Mm. deep, meaningful message by the people who made the show it seemed and of course like i i feel like sometimes i like don't know people's names who do stuff because i'm afraid that if i meet them it's going to be too weird 
Okay. Like if I met the person who like made the Wonder Years. Or who plays so, Winnie. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know who that is, but like, I think she's doing math now or <laughs> wait, physics. Wait, wait. No, really. Seriously? Danica McKellar. Yeah. She's like into that. And then Paul Pfeiffer, Josh Saviano is yeah. a lawyer. See, I'm just more interested in the gener- the next generation of that show with the uh, the younger brother for Boy Meets World. Right. See, I was a Boy Meets World kid. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And now we're connecting. Now we're connected. Let's How connect. old are you? I'm 38. Uh, I'm 28. Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. I was born in 89. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like a... We're in eclipse season. You know this or no? Is this an astrology thing that I'm going to... Yeah, uh, but it's okay. also just... No, it's. I'm not saying anything other than... First of all, yes, it's an astrology thing, but on my way here, there was a sign that said... On the BQE that said, during eclipse, um, turn on your lights. Monday. So it's like, yeah, it's astrology, but it's astrology that's like on a sign on the highway. So I think it's fair that it's not just me being a girl. And there's a sign on the Williamsburg Bridge as you exit that says Oy vey. And I don't know that that's necessarily <laughs> terribly official either. Well, that's fair. That's a good counterexample. But um, Wait, so go back to the bomb. So the bo- this bomb yeah. fantasy being terrified yeah. set a tone for you. Yeah. And just, this TV uh-huh. show that would eventually happen. Yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. Like, just that it was the moment that this space that I had been in, this apartment, uh-huh. felt for the first time unsafe. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big deal for me. Because four out of four of my grandparents are Holocaust survivors. And so that really animates my existence, I think. Um, and three out of four of them recommend Trident gum to improve uh, your teeth quality. Maybe. <laughs> um, they're they're all dead. So... Uh, <laughs> But like, yeah, like a a tone of anxiety was always with me, I think. Does that carry over into dating relationships? I think it does. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I think it's like a matter of, I mean, I, I definitely cannot write the how-to book on relationships. I know that. But um, I think that the most important things are trust and communication Mm -hmm. and remaining open even when I've grown attached enough that someone could say something that would like really offend me. Mm. That's, That's the growth. And to trust that this person is on my side and does want to be with me and picked me and it doesn't matter because like they're great. But if they stop thinking that I'm great, then like, you know, that's sad, but I'd rather know. And, you know, I I get that type of thinking simultaneously makes me think I'm enlightened and very wrong. (laughs) That's got to feel confusing. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Right. I mean, sometimes, sometimes it does. And is that is this how you feel about the uh, the present lady? Well, with that, um, so we okay. So we were introduced on May twenty seventh. Does that have an astrological uh, thing att- attached to it? I'm not sure. It? No? Actually, look well, it, it would, but yeah, right. but well, what I do know is that on that day, so I take pictures of money 
since October 17th right. of 2012, I have taken a picture of like basically every, and I say basically because sometimes my phone's dying or sometimes I don't have storage yeah. or whatever. But for the most part, like if I see a piece of money on the ground, I'll take a picture of it. And I started doing that because I really liked the moment of finding money on the ground. Um, and I wanted to like elongate that moment. Mm. Sometimes people ask me like, do you take the money? And I'm like, yeah, but Sometimes I don't, I guess. I don't know. I'm just like... How much money have you taken a picture of it? I would point? have to like have someone Ballpark. count it. I have no idea. No. I mean, I have like 1,500 Instagram pictures, but like I have more than that. So it's at Penny Project, if anyone cares. Um, okay. But it's like probably the best way to like see what's up in my brain. Mm-hmm. But I don't really... I mean, well, I don't know. Yeah. And And this has to do with the meeting the girlfriend uh well because yeah so um i found a bunch of pennies on that day and it was like live abundantly was the caption which i write notes to myself sure. under dear liz glazer so whatever anyway <laughs> just trying to integrate the hashtags that okay but anyway so uh so we were introduced on that day we start messaging that day And then I was going to LA for 28 days. And so I was like, but it was just for a trip at that time Mm -hmm. was what I thought. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll be away for a month and then I'll be back. And, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, this is perfect because I don't know that I'm like ready to like be a normal version of me on a first date and meet someone right now because I had been in a relationship that was like, you know, something that dragged on too long. And I don't say that with anything but love, but like this was somebody who you know, I I think we just really wanted different things. And like the idea of being in a committed relationship completely scared her because she felt like, you know, she wanted to be like young and that she equated with free. And was that she like she, in her 20s? Yeah, yeah. she's 26. So, you know, that'll stop. But like, well, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So what were the different things that y'all wanted? Um, well, she wanted to, I think she was attracted to me and I did like that. Mm. Um, we met in an acting class and I at first didn't want to date her, but then, but the scene said I had to date her in no, front of the class. That was her it was scene. interesting because, or maybe it wasn't interesting. <laughs> like you can decide that for yourself, but like, um, it was the kind of thing where, um, there was like a tough moment, I think for me in the context of the acting class, like family dynamic. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, at that point abandoned caring about the rules about not dating people. And then what was also true was she was leaving for the summer and maybe forever from the acting studio. So I was like, okay, so the rules over. Yeah. So anyway, so then we dated and once we started dating, I was like, okay, cool. Like this seems awesome. You're awesome. You were right for liking me for the months that I was like, Oh, I don't want to date you. Mm-hmm. And then, and then that was like when she wasn't interested. And so I, I get it. Cause I've been her. So she just wants something super cash. Well, I think so. I think, I don't know. I can't speak. And you were like, her. I'm an adult. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and and the thing is that like, you know, if I were her, like, I would just be like, well, whatever, maybe you weren't enough that I wanted to be with you, just you. Yeah. And the thing is that if that's true, then that's not worth my time. Mm. And I'd rather know now. And so we actually started breakup talks for our round three on May 8th 
of 2017, which was between two weddings. One was my friend Cody's from acting class, and then the other was my brother and his wife. And so it was like a big moment. And, you know, I was at these weddings and I was like present and whatever, writing about them because like that's how I live my life is like if if you think your life is a television show, then a lot of things are you try and pay attention. Writing it all down, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so um, in between I was just, I mean, she also was like pushing back or moving away like emotionally. Yeah. Because, like, we had plans on the day in between the weddings, and then she was just sort of like, yeah, I'm just kind of rolling with the day. And I Were you all all monogamous? Well, it was the sort of thing where I had wanted to be, and Mm. then break up from round two, where she was like, I just don't know if I want a relationship. Then we don't speak for 105 days. Then she's like, okay, never mind. I do really love you, like you, whatever, let's like get back together. And I was like, okay, wait, I'll give you one day a week, specifically Thursday, because I have therapy on Friday morning. So you can like fuck me up and I can talk about it. And then, and I would tell her these things. And then there was a Wednesday and I was going out with mutual friends and she wanted to come and I wasn't going to say no. So then she came and honestly, that night was the night that I saw a bed bug crawling on her mattress so I don't know about like what's a sign or what's not a sign, but like that felt like. Well, a if moment. you see a bed bug, I saw it. That like, means get the fuck out of this I relationship. Know. It's and that house, and then go I get know. yourself deloused. Uh, right, I know. <laughs> and the thing is that like I, I, I'm not saying. I mean, she is a wonderful person. Like that's the but thing. But her is, bed like, is a horror zone. No, yes. I just okay. think that we might have been a horror zone. Okay. You know, like it's just like I think it was born from something that was emotionally charged and not necessarily a productive way for the purpose of lifelong partnership. But then then like weeks later, you meet the new one. Well, weeks later yeah. from the end of round three. And the end of round three, I didn't even have the person over to my apartment the whole time. She didn't come over to my apartment. I only went to mm. her apartment. So like there was only so much intimacy that I was going to allow in in round three. And I think the two weddings were not for nothing in terms of their, you know, arrangement in the season because I think that that did push me into a space of like, what am I doing? You know, like I used to be afraid of marriage and then I got unafraid of marriage and then I became afraid of it again because I was about to marry somebody who I think was very not correct for me. Wait, what? Well, I had been engaged in 2012. Oh my gosh, let's backtrack to that. Oh, yeah. Hold on, wait, you were engaged... Yeah, there's there's so many things I feel like people are like, wait, stop. But Billy, Billy, here's the thing. (laughs) Oh, yes. So it's all in the show. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. And so I feel like I have a lot of these stories to tell. And I feel very grateful that I have Mm. a lot of these stories to tell. And part of the reason that I'm moving to L.A. is to like get in a space where I think I can like go to the next level of trying to tell these stories in the way that I see in my head, which does have to do with the Wonder Years. And does the girlfriend live in LA by chance? No. No? Oh, no, she cause doesn't. Because when you were like, I'm moving to LA, and yeah. you're like, let's say for a show, I thought that's what the reveal no, was going to no. be. No. And so, where does she live? She lives in New Jersey. Oh, wow. But that's also where my family lives. But, okay. And so, um, so it's interesting. So then I come back from LA, right? Okay. And we had like, you know, some light communication during the time that I was there. You know, nothing that was like the current, was, the current uh-huh, gal, the current gal. Okay, yeah, okay. that's correct. And um, but nothing that was like really intense or whatever. But it was like good banter. And I was like, she seems 
cool and mm. smart. And I saw a picture and I was like, she's definitely my type. And like, you know, whatever that means. Like, sure. I don't mean to objectify her, but I was like, yeah. She's like, your, she's your yeah. girlfriend. You can objectify <laughs> her all you want. Well, yeah. I mean, it was whatever. Fine. You get it. It's and, one of the perks. Yeah. And, and I was like, okay. So anyway, then we ramped up communications like closer to when I was ending my LA trip, which was simultaneous to when I found an acting studio that I think might be like a very good fit in terms of like what I think I want to get better at next and focusing on doing comedic acting in like a more directed way, I guess. Um, cause I've done some improv stuff, like not, I've never like completed all the levels and whatever. And there's a part of me that's like, maybe I should do groundlings. Mm. That seems like a thing to do. But anyway, there's this woman, Leslie Kahn, who a lot of people had mentioned in LA and, um, it seems like a good class. So anyway, I, I went to it and it feels good. And, uh, that was like a big turning point in thinking, okay, maybe it makes sense to move here. And then that was also around the time that I started talking to my current girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And then I came home to New York, but by then I had decided to move. And, um, and then I, I was just thinking, and I was like, I was like, I don't know if the right answer is that Liz never meets her, mm. that they never meet. Like, and it's like, yeah, you know, you're moving, but like, this is like a rabbi, and uh, yeah, she's a rabbi. Oh, okay. I girlfriend. thought this was like, yeah. uh, like a, yeah. a bit, uh, you know. No, no, no. This is, well, okay. it could be, sure. I guess, but I've just, I mean, Wait, I, so, uh, yeah. so, so y'all have been dating like for like six weeks, basically, and you're gonna stay long distance, yeah, and monogamous, yep, yeah, wow, I know. Is she also an adult, like of adult age? Yes, she's thirty five. Like okay, yeah, and it's great because you know sometimes if I say this, she'll like get like fake annoyed, I guess, because I'm like our story is very boring in the sense that we were introduced by a mutual Facebook friend who's like a better friend friend of hers, but someone I know through like high school networks or whatever. And, um, okay. So like she, I don't know her as well, uh-huh. like, but she's like an internet person, but then my girlfriend like knows her better, sure. but anyway, fine. So we get set up and then we, we both know we're on a date. She's 35. I'm 38. There's like, she identifies as a lesbian. She's not dating anyone. She wants to be in a committed relationship that's monogamous. And then we go out and we like each other. And so the thing that I've been like, not only saying on stage, but also like working out in my head, because for me, those are always the The same. same, yeah. Yeah. But like is okay, like, that's so cool that the story is so boring. Like, the story is just, like, there's nothing about her that was ever inappropriate. You know, she's not younger. She's not my student. She's not my soul cycle instructor. She's not, you know, somebody who I saw from across a room who was, like, with a guy, but I think that I could, like, be better than him or whatever kind of fucked up shit I've said in my own brain. But you do know that based on yeah. her story, you can, like, you can alter a little bit of that. You can make it the, uh, I saw her from across the room with the guy and I stole her from him. That's You mean, like, role play? Oh, I meant like in the in the TV show of your life, you can oh. always, you can uh, you can fudge well, a couple of those it, things. Yeah, but the thing is that it's like I think that some I think I'm committed to saying it how it happened because I mean there are moments in my life that I'm like you will not believe the timing of all this, and 
part of it, I mean, I, I tend to like use a lot of dates in my comedy. Um, and like remembering dates is like a very important aspect of my personality. Like May I would 27th, say. 2017 or 105 day. exact days. And yeah. Things like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> you mean we already had a conversation in which I demonstrated this very thing? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you, so. I mean, do you view your like dating life and like your, whether, whether you hook up with somebody or uh-huh. if you're dating somebody, is it all playing in your mind in this TV show of Liz's it is life. both yeah. yeah and and that makes me ashamed to admit but the thing is that here's how I reconcile it or here's how I have been recon- reconciling uh-huh. it of of late because it used to be the, the case that I would be like okay well I'm writing a TV show let me do all the drugs or let me like <laughs> you know what I mean let me like make all the mistakes and yeah. like write about them yeah, while season they're two happening. is very experimental yeah uh- <laughs> exactly it's like what is Liz doing but the thing is that I I was I did stuff like that and then I wrote myself a note and I have to get the date on this because I don't know it but it was that sometimes the better story happens when you do the less crazy thing Mm -hmm. and I've started to there are a few of the notes that I've written to myself that like really stick like another one is use your talent every day and so as I've been especially in the last two years, like really focusing on like getting better at writing, acting and doing stand up and singing also, mm. I guess, um, is making sure that every single day I do something like that. And like, you know, maybe I have a day off, but like I count like how many times did I act this week? How many times did I do stand up this week? How many words did I write per day? Um, how did I go to therapy? Did I go to debtors anonymous? Like I'm trying to like keep, I know there's some details that are like in there as landmines. It's just that like, (laughs) but this is what I'm saying that there are a lot of stories to tell. And so like, I think I could fill nine seasons of something interesting. And so to answer your question, the network thinks you can do 10, but you're for creative purposes trying to stay at nine. We're going to, we're going to at least take a a few years break. You say nine so you can negotiate higher. Exactly. Yeah. You pull a friends. You pull a friends. Is that what they did? Friends. I think it was that they did either nine, Nine yeah. or they did ten seasons. They, did they were 10. like, "We're done." Uh-huh. So they end up doing that. So they did yeah. nine. They were like, "We're done. Like okay. we're good." And the network was like, "Please let us yeah, do a ten. Please." So right. they like right. they got it negotiated. So they all got a million dollars per episode. That. But the thing is that they deserved it because they yeah. they were connecting with so many people that that was the reason that it drove up the price. Yeah. I liked I liked one of the details of the negotiation was they mm. were like, "Okay, but and one of the episodes has to be a flashback episode, okay, so that they could work less uh, for one of." The, one of the shooting weeks oh. so that they can do be like look we we just want to do one that's like a best of type of thing so that uh-huh. we can just show up a little bit huh. and not have to work as well but the thing is that that's actually like a really good idea yeah. especially for a 10th season yeah. of that show um but but so back back to the the, yeah. the the tv show of liz's life i'm curious in the 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 college age liz like okay because you have this boyfriend yeah and you do you know that you're gay yet are you yeah thinking about i told it? him What's... at the beginning i told him at the beginning of our relationship i was like you know i have liked women and that was like a thing that people like you know i would say made fun of me in high school but it wasn't like without love really like mm-hmm. you know I, yeah it didn't really give me trouble it was just sort of this uncomfortable thing that i was like well you're not wrong like yeah. <laughs> you know and uh yeah so i was pretty like open about it in a way but it wasn't like i was like and i'm ready to tell my family that i'm gay and here's my wife like none of that was happening okay but, but anyway, you're willing to tell yeah. a guy you may be like hey i'm gay but yeah. i like you yeah and that was true And, you know, I mean, we dated for three and a half years and it was real. You know what I mean? Like it was totally real. 
But I think And no that, women during that time? No, no. Um, but I had never yeah. like really acted on stuff with women in the sense like I would there was like touching vaginas that happened during sleepover parties, but like I had never kissed a woman. Okay. And for me, like that was the thing, yeah. you know, that was like what I dreamed. Of. I mean, that's when, you know, you yeah. connect with someone. I yeah. mean, I've shown up to a gangbang. I put my dick in someone and yeah. I didn't even get to kiss them. It felt weird, but it was yeah. like, whatever, this is fun. But you know, you, that yeah. when you get to kiss a person, that's yeah. when it's like, are our like fucking souls about to yeah. mesh or not? Which, yeah, it's cool. Um, and it's also cool because, like, even though kissing is so central, I love kissing people who um, I'm not going to have sex with. Mm. You know, like, I like, I don't know, like, in the context of acting, for example, like, those are real connections, and they're just kissing, but it's real kissing, and it can be as real as you want it to be. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying that moment and having it be that moment and wanting it to last forever because that's like what movies are made of, yeah. you know? And it's like a beautiful thing. Like that's, I love acting. Here's, here's mm. my truth. I think is like, I love that there's a world in which it's acceptable to get super deep into someone's soul and like, like it you know, yeah. and be like very connected to them and open with them. And then somebody says we're done. And then and you just go back to life. Yeah, exactly. And you get paid for it because it is hard work to get into that moment and then come out of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think in the best way. Yeah. Well, then how's the relationship with this guy end in college? Oh, I kissed Marissa. You kissed Marissa, and yeah, I was like, you know, I am done with the D. Well, I never cared about the D. Mm -hmm. Let me, I'm just going to be sure. real. It's not that I didn't like it when it when it was there, but it just like, I was like, okay. like. So what was, did you like about, what was it that? Uh, I think about, I liked having a boyfriend. Uh -huh. I think I liked that he was my boyfriend. Why? Because he was fun. And because like, I did enjoy like seeing what he looked like when he came. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? Well, like in the sense of that being a marker of sexual attraction to someone. I don't want to see what I look like when I come. I can't imagine it's a good look. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but I think in the league they right. call it vinegar strokes. Okay, it's like that moment, like when you come, like the face the guy makes, um, uh, and it's usually not a very attractive face. Really, we'll say it's not on the but, cover of uh, a magazine I'm, often. Got it. Right. Well, it's I get that, but like somebody whose vulnerability you find irresistible. Sure. You know, and I got there with the guy I was dating. Mm -hmm. I think you know, like we were young, and I think we navigated some some life moments together and I don't know. I mean, it was a long time ago. Well, what happened when you kissed Marissa? What clicked? What, well, so what the thing shifted? Then, yeah. I mean, so I had a crush on Marissa. This was when my boyfriend was away. Like he had graduated before me. And so he was in his hometown mm -hmm. and we were still together, but that made sense. Cause we had had three and a half years behind us, you know? So like, yeah, of course we're staying together. Mm. But so, um, and I wanted to, you know, I really did love him. I just want to reiterate that. And so anyway, so then, but his absence, I think, did provide a moment for me to recognize that I was finding other people attractive and to also notice that those other people were almost exclusively women, if not exclusively at that time. Yeah. 
So anyway, so then I um, like got to be friends with one of them and I'm still friends with her, but my boyfriend visited for the weekend and he even met her because we like were at a diner and she happened to be there. And so, and I had told him like, I think I'm having feelings for her. Mm. And he was like, you can't see her. And I was like, that's not the point, you know? And it was the breakdown of communication in that moment because he wasn't able to be like, that scares me that you would leave me. He was like, this is violative of the rules that we've set between Mm. us. And that was not sexy. You know, because it's not. And well, you didn't find it sexy that he, his feelings were hurt. No, I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but also, it was like it, it's not that I didn't find it sexy or unsexy that his feelings were hurt. Of course, somebody's allowed to have feelings, yeah. but it's like there's a way of having feelings that's not and masking them with aggression of like you're breaking a rule as opposed to like, this hurts me. And I think he wasn't able to say this hurts me. He was able to say, you're like a bitch if you do a thing. You know, there's a difference between that. That's what I mean. I mean, but but by saying like someone's cheating on you, it's like... Yeah, I get it. You don't have to... like it's yeah, I know it's like hankered down in rules, but I mean that's the way he's communicating. I get like it. Her, yeah, I do get it, but it's also like I don't know. I have a complicated existence with rules because I think they make sense. I think there's reasons that they can offer comfort in uncertainty. I mean, I was a law yeah. professor before. Like it's what I taught. Yeah. You know, I I get that, but I also think that in living a connected life. It's not about rules. Like yeah. rules suck. Do you find that? Th- do you feel any sort of uh, like there are rules to being a lesbian that you're not a fan of? Um, maybe, but I'm not sure. Like, that's a good question. I, I feel like, I mean, I definitely don't abide by that. I like can't fix anything. I'm really bad at sports. Like. <laughs> Um, even though you're wearing like uh, this like well i'm going to a spinning class i'm not bad at exercising i'm good at like getting myself to a gym sure sure. you know and also i i have a wonderful spinning instructor her name's emma lovewell emma and what a name (laughs) she's great no but she's like a novel that's yeah but she's also just a really really awesome person but she teaches for peloton so if any listeners are Peloton subscribers, she's great. Okay, yeah. okay, but I don't know. Is there, so? Yeah, you, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there's anything because when I when I met you, yeah, you know, we hung. We so we hung out. We went out for drinks to, to hang. Oh yeah, and she'll remember that. And yeah. uh, and then this is what I knew is like, oh, this is a very interesting individual because you said Thanks. you were like, yeah, you'll let you'll hang out with your guy friends, and sometimes like you'll just casually give a guy buddy a blowjob. I've, I've and like, I I said that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'll, I'll blow a buddy sometimes. Just oh, my God. Wait, but that's not even true. It's not true. You lied. <laughs> I lied to you. Wait, because I can. The only people I've ever given blowjobs to, there are three people. That's it. Oh, that's so interesting. It, I mean, were, were any of them in the last couple of years? No, no, no. That's so weird. But to I say. remember feeling a sexual attraction to you. Oh, in that moment. And so. It's just interesting to me to be reflected back that I said that. Could that have been like a, a uh, like almost a fishing to maybe to gauge interest? I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. I think what I'm finding out right now is that at some yeah. point, 
a year and a half ago, I missed out on a blowjob. I think that's what we're talking It might be. <laughs> yeah, because no, I it's totally possible. Sure. I mean, I I was in like a bad spot, I yeah. think. Yeah, well, because like the transition between my old career and Yeah, you were still tough you were still in the in the teaching, transition. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it was a lot. <laughs> um and I think that I was trying to be more something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm. I'm sorry that I said that. No, it's okay. It didn't. It didn't. Um, it didn't scar me. Yeah. I was just like, I've never heard a lesbian say that before. Yeah. Uh, to say like, yeah, sometimes I'll blow a friend, and I was no. just like, interesting, because everyone, every lesbian I know has been like, oh, dicks, get them away from me. So weird. I don't know. The if balls. I have are, that what do you do feeling. with them even? I don't have that feeling to it, but yeah. I hate giving blowjobs. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I really, it's a lot of work and I don't like the idea of having cum in my mouth. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, just the whole thing. Like, I'm just not yeah. that into it. All of I it think, from start to finish. It's just not, not for my me. thing. It's not for me. Yeah. yeah. It's just not for me. And that's, that's a thing that I've been saying on stage now is that like, you know, the thing for me anyway, I can't speak for other lesbians, sure. but is that like, it's not that I don't enjoy having sex with men. I think it's fine to good sometimes. Like I've definitely had fun, but it's like, it's, it's a really big commitment for me. I think in the sense that I like wonder if I'm pregnant for like a while. I wonder if I'm pregnant. Yeah. And then the second thing is that it, it does seem that it's more, potential for disease contraction that sort of sex mm -hmm. and you know if i like the other better which i do it just makes the the heterosexual kind like really unattractive to me like uh -huh. it's like okay i guess i could do this but like why you know right like i'm not that interested in it well what do you like uh what do you like to do in lesbian sex Let's see. I mean, I'm very open. I'll do, I'll wear, there's a, a product called the Real Dough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the you one that um, goes inside you? Yes. It's the egg goes inside you, me. Mm -hmm. And then the dick goes inside her. And your, your brand's uh -huh. called the Real Dough? Because there's also yes. one, I think, the Field Dough, right? Correct. That's one. Yeah. And so the My difference. My girlfriend has one of those. Oh, fun. So <laughs> the, the thing with those is. Um, the real dough just looks like a penis and actually like, I don't know, feels like a penis, but mm -hmm. like, you know, a lot of women I've been with, like not, ugh, that's, a, it's not that many, but like people who I've been with who are women, uh, and, and the people of the last few years have been exclusively women with whom I've actually used these. So like somebody I was dating more long term and I always buy a new one for every woman. Oh, I don't like, look at that. I don't believe in that big spender over here well i mean sometimes but i think with respect to that <laughs> you that put a label on them do you keep them do no you throw them out? Do you, do, I, of course when you, I, when you stop fucking somebody with it do they get to have it can they take it home no. is it like a parting gift you know i've never had that way with it but um i've never had it that way sure, sure. so they get yeah. tossed yeah it's yeah. just the garbage yeah 
So there's some homeless people out there just really enjoying them feel <laughs> them real those. Well, there's I I tweeted at the end of my at the end of round two of the last relationship. What was the day of the tweet? I don't remember. Ah, yeah. no. Oh, sorry, I know. <laughs> I mean, I would tell you if I remembered. It was sometime I think in maybe January. I would say, but sure. I don't know the exact date. Less impressive, I know. Not on brand, <laughs> but um, but it was relationship status just throughout the dildo. Or some something yeah. like that. It's like I guess better, but okay, you know, doing a really good job selling it. <laughs> so sometimes you'll wear a real dough. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know it's interesting because, um, wow, I just had the self conscious moment of like, am I talking too much about my sex life? No, no, no. This is one of the few podcasts where you're always not talking enough about your sex. I know, life. but then it's like, what am I doing to my self? Mm-hmm. You know, here's the thing. It's just that like, it's a very, I like to go deep with one person. Mm. And so honestly, right now I'm with someone who is extremely open in terms of a monogamous relationship and in terms of like, sure, like, you know, we can talk about stuff that seems appealing or fun or whatever, because I feel safe with you. Mm -hmm. And that's, Ultimately, what I'm looking for sure. is like somebody with whom to go down that road, wherever that road leads. Yeah, whichever toy right. shop it, it leads you to. Yeah, it's- yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I think that it it requires a lot of trust because, like, the intensity that I think I can bring is high. Mm. And how so? I don't know. I mean, I think that I just like really like to like if I'm having sex with someone, like I want to have it feel like drugs and I won't have sex not sober. I don't know if you know that. I won't have sex on drugs or alcohol. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a rule. Yeah. For me. Time for the fan whore appreciation moment sponsored by, well, sponsored by you or at least some of you. Uh, This is the part of the podcast where I like to say thank you to some specific members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Membership has its privileges, and one of those is a personalized thank you. So I want to start off with Blake B., who might be in the running for uh, most attempts to hit on me on Twitter. Thank you, buddy. You you make me feel pretty. And thank you for not sending me dick pics in my DMs or anything, because that would be too far. Thanks for just keeping it to words. Okay, TQ. TQ, who is one of my more confusing members, uh, because that seems to be the name they choose to go by it just says troublesome qualifications no idea what that means just stay safe and try not to break too many laws okay buddy dylan c thank you so much for your membership dylan c i looked up and uh the first three pictures of him uh him with a bunch of bees him playing shuffleboard and him scuba diving so he is uh, the most interesting person i know at this present moment and thank you to nick m another aussie Ah, another member from Australia. Careful, Canadian whores. I think Australia might be starting to catch up to you. I might have to crunch some numbers soon. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's kind of like a monthly fan club subscription meets Kickstarter. You choose how much money you want to pledge each month. And the amount of money you pledge determines which rewards you get, which of course include a slew of bonus episodes and other fun rewards. People ask me, like, Billy, how do you make money on the podcast? Like, we're like, yeah, you got sponsors or you sell things? I'm like, yeah, a little bit of that. But I am proud to say that I get most of my income f- directly from you, 
directly from you, the listeners. And I think that's a cool fucking thing. Because then that in my mind, I get to say, you know who I'm working for? I work for you. And your pledges, and trust me, there is no pledge that is too small. But it is your pledges that allow me to keep doing this. So I want to say thank you to all of you. Uh, whether it's because you download the podcast or you give me money on Patreon, uh, you're all fantastical in my eyes. You too can become a member of my fan whore community on Patreon for as little as a dollar per month. Head on over to patreon.com slash man podcast to become a member. Again, that's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash man podcast. Now let's get back to Liz. I'm a fan of, uh, I only recently had high sex and I uh-huh. mean like within the last, in this past week is the okay. first time I had high sex and, uh, yeah. it definitely like with weed and, uh, cause I'm not like a weed smoker, but I found, um, a, like a, a, like a Tupperware this big of weed in a lift line I got into. Like I've never bought weed. And then That's all of a sudden, I story. literally sat on this thing of weed. I tapped the guy next to me. I was like, hey, is this yours? He's like, no. Then I looked down. I'm like, oh, my God, this is full of weed. Uh, hold on. Wait, hold on. It was like, it's because we're not done with it. So, um, but, basically, but imagine this was full. Yeah. Like, this wow. is like a big. Oh, my God. We've got to really wind through this. Okay. Yeah. Um, I told my girlfriend, I was like, whatever's left over at the end of the week when you go back to Pittsburgh, you know, is yours. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But. Tried the high sex and oh my god, like kind of a game changer to me. Really, you like it? Uh, I last forever uh, if I want to. Like I can come yeah. earlier if I want, but like not having to worry about stamina. Yeah, you know, felt nice. Right, that pressure was off. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I don't know that I could have a dick. Yeah, a real one because like mine never isn't hard. You know what I mean? And the, th- the truth of it is that I get wet a lot. Yeah, like I get very wet. If I'm, like, with someone who I really want to be with, and also, like, sex, mm. you know, like, regular, uh, I would say just I'm into it. And so, like, it's not hard for me to stay into it, you have know? You, have you ever tried something that you were like, oh, my God, not into it? Uh, yeah, I've well, been with people with whom I wasn't into having well, sex. Yeah, sure, yeah. there's always that. And then we, you typically don't go fuck them again. But I don't know. Is there anyone? I do. I, like, get into oh, no. extended relationships with them. But this was, like, this <laughs> yeah. was like earlier in my life. Sure. And, and no one specific, you know? But it's just, like, yeah, I think that there were some instances where I just, like, didn't want to be alone or, you know, was afraid of being on my own and that kind of stuff. Um, And I don't know. I mean, I guess like that's always to some degree with me, Mm -hmm. but I think that I'm also able to make decisions even though I'm scared of that. And so that leads me to this next moment of my life, which segues, I think very, very beautifully. So I'm moving to L.A., but that was a thing that I decided before coming home from L.A. to New York at the end of June, ramping up communications with the woman I met on May 27th, the day day that I found all the pennies Mm -hmm. at Broadway Lafayette, okay? And, um, And so we meet up, right? Wait, sorry, I lost my train of thought because the train... The train. The actual the train. The actual train here. Made, I Interrupted. think, me. 
Yeah. That's fair. We can no, ramp no. up to again. So Sorry. Uh, uh, that's what lead me to this point. I Because I decided to move to LA before I got uh, back. Yeah. Uh, as I'm ramping up communication yeah, with yeah, this yeah. woman. Right, 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 right. Who am I so, met? Yeah. yeah. May so 27th. I had already, right. Thank you. <laughs> I really do thank you. So I had already decided to move to LA and felt like good about that decision. And that decision is one that's entirely work-based entirely. Mm -hmm. It had no like rooting in anything other than like, this feels like a good next place to grow Liz. And I'm going to have to like tutor to make money, which is not something that I've had to do before. And I knew that I would have to like get a job. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm moving, um, because of stuff that felt connected for me work wise. And then I met, this woman who now I'm dating and, um, and I already like made a decision about me. And so it's like, I say this, I think it's like a unique opportunity to like learn how to be in something and trust that it's like a thing, but also have breaks applied to the relationship. Does that make sense? Because bit, I think yeah. that like what my tendency is or has been in my life is one that actually is very fitting with the lesbian stereotype to get back mm. to your question from yeah. earlier, which is like, okay, now we move in together or something emotional. And you're doing the similar. difference. Like, cool. Now that we're in love, I'm moving across the country. Right. But, <laughs> but it was never the case because of the timeline of events that my decision had anything to do with her because I literally didn't know her yet. Right. Right. I knew that I would probably meet her, but that of course wasn't enough for me to make decisions for us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it's an interesting story. I'm trying not to like write its ending as I live. I mean, at this point I'm honestly like if I made a wish on a eyelash or if it was a 11, 11 or something, there are moments that I'm like, I wish we get married. I wish we end up together. You, yeah. So you do want to be married. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I want to, I'm not saying I need like something necessarily. Cause I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I want to be with one person. I want to love one woman. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. And I'm not looking, I don't care about finding adventure, you know, in the sense that like, I want to find adventure in my life, like with another person, but also internally in my work. I want to have like meaningful connections to like the earth and God. And like, I don't know. Does this make sense? I'm, I'm thinking adventure, excitement, Jedi craves not these things. So part of the thing that I want to do in LA yeah. is like, I'm going to work. I'm going to develop this show, whatever that means. I'm going to do stand up there, mm -hmm. which I could do here. Yeah. And I have no comment on like, this scene's better than that. I don't give a fuck. Sure. Like I'm just moving and doing it there, which is fine also. So whatever. And then um, acting, which mm -hmm. I've been doing here, but like there, I think it'll have a more, explicitly comedic bent based on the studio that I found. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like figure out a way to make money while I'm doing that. I have an apartment. And so I'm just like, it's and fine. Maybe figure you know? out where this woman factors into all of it. Well, yeah, yeah. But also like, if I'm right about the timeline, then I'm there until 2021. Okay. And then we shoot seasons one through five in New York. If that's what happens, then it's not forever, but also I'm from oh, so, here. Well, just yeah. to jump out of the meta thing. So yeah. 
in three years, then uh-huh. you start shooting the actual show, not the right. TV show that you're living. Correct. But the TV show that you're actually shooting while you're living. Yeah. Oh, man, I need to sit down. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <'cause>, uh, <laughs> yeah, you get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where all this uh, turns out. I look forward to seeing, Thanks. continuing to see uh, your Thanks. real life TV show. I really where, appreciate where, where you. we are all extras in your show, but not extras. Everybody's important. Well, Liz, where can people yeah. like see and find and keep track of you sure. so they can watch this show one day? Wow, that's that's a lot. Thanks, though. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, on Twitter, I am at Elizabeth Glazer because uh-huh. I feel like I'm in trouble on Twitter. At, Why are you in trouble on No, Twitter? I'm kidding. I, well, it's my full name. That's the joke. But, oh, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, but on Instagram, I'm at Liz Glazer, two Zs, not bragging, just saying. Where? And, uh, oh, uh-huh. two Zs, like Liz and, then and Glazer? Yeah. Or I didn't know uh-huh. it was like Liz Glazer. No, no, no just my name. <laughs> and also at Penny Project. And then on Facebook, I'm Liz Glazer. And then there's a page of liking stuff as well. But... um. Yeah, either one. All right. Well, okay. all, well, Liz, thanks for coming on and thanks chatting for with me, me Billy. Uh, on this on this acid trip of a conversation. Oh my god, you felt it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking to you is always like that. Whether we're on the bus to Jersey oh. or whatever, it's just I'm like right, I'm talking to Liz. It's gonna be great. But, oh. Like I gotta be in a mindset to like follow like the free flow. I got I gotta remove thanks. all barriers that wow. my mind has to like follow like the ebb really? and flow of a conversation with you. Oof. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I think it's good. It's Thanks. just like I have to uh, not be rigid if I'm gonna like, have a conversation with yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's interesting. Well, maybe that'll factor into the storytelling rhythm of the show. Yeah, I'd love that. Well, you're wonderful, Liz. Thanks. You for coming are wonderful. On. Thank you, Billy. I really appreciate you. <laughs> I certainly want to hear from all of you what you thought about my conversation with Liz Glazer. Uh, hit me up on the socials on the interwebs, okay? Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Billy Presida. We've got a great Facebook fan page that has a whole bunch of uh, fun articles and conversation starters. That's the Man Whore Podcast fan page on Facebook. If you want to say something to me privately, a little uh, that's a little longer than maybe 140 characters, shoot me an email at manhorpod at gmail.com. Do we have a message board, Billy? Yes, actually we do. We have an awesome community message board over on the Manhor Podcast subreddit, which you can find at r slash Podcast. Last but not least, become a member of my fan whore community is a fantastic way to both receive bonus episodes of the Man Whore Podcast and to support me directly. Head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast and become a member for as little as $1. Again, that's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. I'm excited as I continue to plan ManhorCon and uh, get that organized and finalized and situated. Next week, I've got an awesome very tangly episode with a very hairy porn star the nikki silver but until next week when you get to listen to her y'all enjoy your labor day weekend and don't forget to stay slutty (laughs) 